Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Again, I highly encourage college football to not try to stage a playoff, fire all their coaches, have their <laughs> signing day, and have free agency at the exact same time. <laughs> Pete Thamel. They not only lost, but they got taunted, and Coach Prime took the spear and the horse and rode it back to Jackson. With SI's Pat Forty. I mean, right now, it's like, oh, well, we didn't, that's not the way we interpreted the rules, so we just gave everybody, you know, a quarter million dollars. So, oh, sorry. We'll, <laughs> we'll work on doing it differently next time. Here's Pat. Pete and Dan. Coach Prime. Prime time. Neon Dion. Man had a lot of nicknames. One more interception out of Deion Sanders. One more career interception. Last minute, arguably the greatest, most unexpected flip in signing day history. And some of us are fans of signing day. Uh, That's a lot of history. (laughs) A lot of flips. A lot of crazy stuff. A lot of flips, a lot of back deals, a lot of side deals, a lot of last minute, midnight. What they used to call it, Jerry Tarkani used to call it Lute Olsen, midnight loot. Midnight loot. Yep. Midnight loot. That was basketball. But when Tark is tipping your hat to how you snuck one by him, that's it's like an old gunslinger, you know, respect. Pretty incredible. Travis Hunter committed to Florida State for months. Number one recruit in the country. Six foot one. Defensive back slash wide receiver slash athlete slash running back, whatever you want out of Travis Hunter in the suburbs of Atlanta, this dude can do it. His highlight reel on YouTube is a lot of fun. It's it's just not fair. And at the last minute, middle of the day, he announces his flip. Word breaks, and then he has a little press conference on Instagram Live. Flips from Florida State to Jackson State. He tosses away an Auburn hat. Tosses away a Florida State hat. He puts a Georgia one on, but then throws that away. Then his buddy throws him, and it's a pretty nice catch. You can see where the athleticism is. That's really where you see it. <laughs> you don't want a defensive back who can't pull off the hat, the hat game at the announcement. Hey, he's a good receiver too, Dan. All right. I know. Yeah. This is why he's number one. Yeah. Yeah. If he's only four star, he drops that thing. <laughs> and you go, eh, whatever. Pat 40. Stunner. Yeah. There's historical significance. There's, I mean, there's everything. And HBCU is involved. The number one player in the country is not playing at essentially Division One. He's playing like the, the next, he's not even bothering with the highest level of football. Incredible. It is incredible. 
Uh, but this is, you know, what Jackson State and people at HBCUs were dreaming of when you get Deion Sanders to be your coach. And the guy you just described sounds a lot like a young Deion Sanders. I mean, we'll see if he's going to be anywhere near that good because that's setting a serious bar. But DB, receiver, running back, whatever, return kicks, you know, superior athlete who can do whatever. He's, I can't say he's the best player to go to an HBCU since before black players could go to white colleges, but he is, this is a landmark thing. I mean, probably, maybe the best since Steve McNair. I, I don't really know. I, you'd, he's you'd the have highest, to go back well, he can't be a higher rated recruit. He can't be a one. higher rated recruit. Cannot be. I mean, and yeah, you don't want, I guess I shouldn't put expectation on him to be a, a, an NFL great yet, but just for the, for Jackson State to get this guy and for Deion Sanders to get this guy is a potential game changer. I mean, it is wild. We saw a top recruit go to Howard in basketball. Then I think he ended up not even playing there, but, but that was considered this, you know, game changing thing, but it's different in basketball from football. And to, to go, and he there, wasn't number one. No, he wasn't number one. He was, <laughs> he was not number one. And, you know, Howard is again, could eventually play against Gonzaga and Duke and stuff. I mean, at Jackson State, you're not playing against, you're not playing for a national championship against Alabama and Georgia and whoever else. So, wow. They don't even enter the one double A or the FCS uh, uh, playoffs. Right. No, they go play They're in, in the, the celebration, celebration bowl. bowl. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, I, I actually donate money through Seku Smith, who's a, who's a great uh, friend of mine and a great NBA yes. journalist. Yes. Uh, and he has, a, he passed away of COVID. Uh, sadly, he and I, I wish he was here because, oh, boy, he would have been crowing today. Um, but he went to Jackson State, also a big Michigan fan. And so I, I actually donate to Jackson State in, in Sekou's name. And uh, so I get Jackson State emails. And literally one minute after this kid committed, it was an email. <laughs> Celebration Bowl tickets. <laughs> it's basically the only, that, it's one of the only schools I'm a, technically a booster of, right? Yeah. I was laughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's wild. I mean, I never thought we would see this kind of a flip, you know, but uh, fantastic. I mean, very, very exciting just to see what can happen. And there had been a lot of talk percolating for weeks, really months about some big NIL opportunities for HBCUs uh, and starting with Jackson State. I'd been hearing about this, you know, some potential tie ins with you know, some of the all-time great NFL players that maybe didn't go to school there but went to other HBCUs or whatever who wanted to contribute. And we have talked about on this podcast numerous times, the NIL could be a playing field leveler. And I think without NIL, this probably doesn't even come close to happening. No, I, absolutely. I mean, we I said this all along when this was proposed. If you listen to this podcast, we say it for years, that the NIL is not, everyone said, oh, Alabama is going to buy all the players. Why does everyone think Alabama is the only one with money? <laughs> right. What? Like everyone's got money. I think Alabama and Georgia and Texas, they'll continue to get the vast majority of the players. Players will go where the value is the highest and where the value is the highest is the place where football matters the most. And that's fine. But this provides an opportunity in economics. How do you, how as an employer attract talented employees by you know, leveling the playing field of, oh, you know, you don't sit there and say, well, this business, this company's been there a hundred years. This has the best office. They got the tallest building in town. That's some of the stuff, but you sit there and go, oh man, I'm going to go with this startup. They gave me a, a 10% raise and everyone goes, oh, it totally makes sense, right? You pay. Money is the one thing that can right. 
yes. they can level the plane, as you said. Now, we always talked about it like, hey, you know what? Let Money can make having to travel further away from my parents and play at Nebraska or Iowa uh, a better deal. Money can make me say, hey, you know what? If I'm the starting quarterback at Boise State for three years, rather than try to fight through being the, the you know with four other quarterbacks at USC, I can make more money. I didn't think it would level it so much that someone was going to say, screw it, I'm playing FCS. <laughs> okay? But if there's enough money, and I don't know. Or, I mean, look, the, the kid wants, he had a very nice statement. You know, he wanted to play at an HBC, HBU, it's a university. He wanted to play at a Stork Black University. He wanted to attend school there. Jackson State is FCS, but they had three games this year. Well, they had four that had attendance at home in uh, Veterans Morris Stadium in, in Jackson of 45,000 or more and wow. three over 50. Yeah. It's a big deal in Jackson. It is a huge deal in the African-American community, not just in Mississippi, but now all over. He is a, there is HBCU people. I don't care. I talked to an Alcorn State guy today. He's like, yeah, I mean, that's their arch rival. And he's like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be so great when this gets smoking your team next year. <laughs> but so what? Yeah. Like he has positioned himself and marketed himself as the underdog, the trailblazer. Anybody you know went to HBCU school has immense pride in the, in the place. Absolutely. And, right. And so there's a, there is a, a link there. And, he just marketed himself. He made himself a huge star. If he just goes to Florida State, and that's a big, I mean, the just, right? But it's Florida State. Other than people like us, no one knows who he is today. Right. And right. instead, he is a big, huge deal. And maybe he can make money off it, or maybe not. He's also, like as you said, he is he is Deion Sanders wannabe, play alike. Well, that's your coach. Yeah. So not so bad. I just think it's a it's a tremendous moment. But Makes a ton of sense, but this is what NIL can do. I don't think that's why he went there, but it evened out that playing field in a certain way where it's like, hey, I'm not giving anything up by going to pull, going to be the big star at Jackson State. I didn't think NIL, especially in one year, would close that gap that much. I would say in the future, you know, I do not think like the top 30 players will go to 25 different schools in the future. I still think they're going to predominantly go to five or six schools, but I do think there'll be more of this, right? Iowa kept a five-star. Uh, Missouri kept a five-star. North Carolina got, I think there'll be more of it where it's like, hey, I can do this. Oh, absolutely. And I got to say too, just like Deion Sanders is impressing me. All right. They were, they're 11 and one this year. So it's not like he's just, you know, walking around saying, I'm a celebrity. I, he must be doing some coaching. I'm sure he's done some very good recruiting. He's got his son playing quarterback. His son's very good. But uh, their defense is very good. They're 11-1. and one. They're going to the Celebration Bowl. Coach Prime couldn't be bothered to go to the Celebration Bowl con uh, press conference in Atlanta. He sent an assistant coach. But He's a little busy. Well, <laughs> when, you, when you come back and say, this is what I was working on, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's okay. But, How much press was there? Yeah. But he tried to get a couple of FBS jobs. Colorado State, TCU, his name was in the mix at both those places. Didn't work out for him. But I say watch out for Coach Prime in the coaching right. market in the future. Colorado State. Yeah, he wanted it. Now, it, man, he's already landed the number one players at <laughs> Jackson State. He don't need to be bothered with Colorado <laughs> State.
Yeah, today's going to be remembered as a as a fascinating day. I think when we when we look back at how college football and recruiting are going to be reshaped, and certainly people listen to our podcast. You know, we anticipated this. We've talked about this. We knew this was coming. I think we were one of the few places that was pretty consistent about saying, "Look, it's just not going to stalk the blue bloods." There's a chance to even the playing field. We talked about. Creighton and Murray State and some spots like that in college basketball where there's passionate local following. And uh, I, I mean, I, I echo what was said earlier about the HBCUs. This is a huge moment for HBCUs. I talked to uh, Courtney Gosha, the AD at Florida A&M today. They open with Jackson State next year. And I believe it's the Orange Blossom Classic uh, in South Florida. I said, is that game on TV? And he, he basically was like, it will be now. Um, <laughs> you know, and it would have been televised. But now all of a sudden, with Deion Sanders having this buzz and with America wanting to tune in perhaps to see this player who's changing paradigms, we'll look back in a few years, at first at Quinn Ewers and, and what he did in, uh, in, in terms of changing the paradigm from, from the high school level. And then obviously we're, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of retrospective on uh, on Travis Hunter. There will be a lot of thought put to how Travis Hunter's future goes, how his experience goes as a trailblazer. Everything he does there is going to be magnified more. If he has a little success, you know, in, in you know, you're you're basically expected to be the best player at that level right from the moment you walk in. So any little setbacks, anything that happened, th- those are going to only be magnified by the spotlight he's brought. That said, it's it's a... It is a compelling, fascinating move, and uh, I, I really think it uh, it rocks the sport in a, in a, in a very good way. I I, I agree. Um, you know, I mean, we have we'll get to this. I mean, there's all this hand wringing. I mean, it was it was hysterical. Like you know, we had uh, you know the early reaction, and people were like they paid them, they did it. Like, dude, you got outbid by Jackson State. Okay, <laughs> like that's good, good, yeah, right? right? Jackson State's never outbid anybody for anyone, to, yeah, to my but, knowledge. They got it organized. And you know what? Because quite honestly, uh, you know, later on, on Feinbaum, Jimbo Fisher said what obviously we all know is like these NLI de- NIL deals have been going on for a long time. They just they were, were illegal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Jackson State's now now legal and they can be again. It, it's a it's a big deal in Jackson. And Jackson is, a you know, a decent sized city, it's like 600,000 people there and. And, and it sends far beyond that because of the the HBCU factor and all of that. But it is a there's a lot of people in Mississippi who do not want to and will never root for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. That's just the uh, you know that's just how it works. There's a lot of people that still have a lot of pride in what places like Jackson State were when guys like Walter Payton that was all they go to you know. And so that stadium will set they will have sixty thousand a game. And next year, I bet you every home game has 60,000 people at that stadium. There aren't that many places in college football that will have 60,000 people. How many people, how many schools had over 45,000 for home, four home games this year? I mean, four different home games had 45 to 58,000 people at the game. A, a, a number of them, but not all, not that many. Yeah, if there's, like, 65, if there's 65 in the Power Five, not all of those. Right. It. So next year, forget it. That's going to be a hot ticket. So very, very exciting news. But there is this bit where, you know, the world is different. It, you know, this is this they're going to move this signing day. They have to. Right. This is absolutely chaotic right now. I would say move it back into the middle of February and then maybe have another one real late or something. I don't know what. But right now you essentially have it'd be like NFL 
Black Monday when you fire all the coaches the day after the last week of the season, the playoffs starting. So basically the first week, it'd be like having the draft like having on the draft Tuesday. Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on the Wednesday after the last game of the season while free agency is also going on. Like, it, it just, it's just stupid, it's, right? No, they, it's, it doesn't work for anybody right now. It's stupid on five different levels, at least. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is. It's, it makes no sense in terms of everything else going on in the sport. It has leveraged up the firing and hiring cycle to a insane degree where now people are, you know, getting fired in the second week of the season and, and people are trying to hire people in the middle of the season. That's not good, I don't think, for the teams. It has only exacerbated the pretend we're not making staff moves situation where all of a sudden every assistant, like there's going to be, you know, five dozen assistant coaches changing jobs next week because they were waiting. Like if you've got a signing day in February and then Dan just have the spring signing like that we do for every other sport. You know, have football signing in February and have the spring signing when you can sign for every other sport than for the others. And there would be less hiding who's leaving your school from a, an assistant coaching standpoint. So yeah. I, there's, Which there's would a lot help of different on the, things on the portal and help. Yeah. on all. Uh, and it like this is a great day for college football. Today was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement and you want to spread that out. So hope springs eternal and every like you're trying to sell season tickets and all of a sudden it's like hey everybody had a great day today right everybody got who they wanted right that three star boy that's the quarterback i would have taken totally over those five star yeah sure coach (laughs) yeah you know but that just the whole thing makes zero sense to have it today coaches liked it coaches are trying to make their job easier and i think that's a lot of the complaints about all of this the nil all these uncertainties they all want they're like they got to work harder this is this is this is tough i'm managing all these things my thing is you know Crimea River. One of the things you found time to manage is renegotiating all your contracts. You make eight, nine million dollars a year. That's right. Like not only work. that, not only that, you also have a bigger staff by like eight yeah. times than you used to have. What are all those people doing? They're they're doing a lot of the recruiting for you, the in, the groundwork, you know. So I don't want to hear it. Listening to Lane and William Christopher Sweeney and the others, Gene Chiswick is is no longer a coach. Uh, I mean, it was just like what. What are, you, what are you crying about? And then you hear, at least to, to my knowledge, Saban, uh, Jimbo. Jimbo's just like, all right, this is what we got to do now, right? It's total chaos right now. Tampering galore. Kids are being manipulated. Grass is greener and all that stuff as opposed to putting in the work and graduating. There are no consequences. Now you got agents at NIL tampering. You have no consequences. No consequences equals no conscience. There's reason, no reason for pause. No barrier for young people like nothing. Education is the last thing now. I won't necessarily disagree with him on on that, but that's just that's that's it. You know, the reason we have a transfer portal is because coaches, when a kid wanted to transfer, used to have the right to deny where someone could transfer. You could deny an amateur athlete, a student athlete, so-called, from transferring to another school. They would have 30 school lists. Some poor kid would be from Arizona and he wouldn't be able to transfer anywhere closer than Iowa State. And because of that, they overstepped and then they lost their control. Same thing with NIL. Nobody came up with a rule. So here you go because you guys didn't get out of your way. You know what? Physician, heal thyself. I mean, you had they've had a million chances to get this thing right and they just didn't even do anything. Nothing. Right. You know? And so it's really hard to feel sorry for the people who have had all the control for decades all of a sudden now they've, they're losing that some of that control. And now it's like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. It's, I, I, sorry, I, I, I'm not 
feeling the empathy for y'all. I, I agree with you that like, yes, in an ideal world, it would be great if, if education were a prime aspect of what these guys are deciding, their major and where they would fit in with that and all those sort of things, because as we have said a million times, most of them are going to need a college degree and to go to work because they ain't getting a, an NFL lifestyle. But also, this is the way it is in a sport that is just throwing millions and millions of dollars around. The players are like, wait a minute. Yeah, we'll take ours. Yeah, this is a natural and overdue reverberation from college football blossoming to a billion-dollar business. It's it's really simple. And if if those guys should be complaining about anything, <laughs> they should be really just in awe that the money didn't trickle down sooner. I mean, it's a pretty it's pretty shocking. If you think about billion dollar conference TV networks were created, schools were paying out, getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Like just, there's just this massive economic structure. Again, I'm not, I'm not crediting them, but it is impressive that they created a system that completely cut out the labor for as long as it has. So any, you know, like, the fact that Gene Chizik felt no self-awareness oh, about tweeting oh. what he tweeted the other night says all you need to know about how comfortable people have gotten in the old system. And look, today is going to be forever symbol of the new system is that very likely because of a large NIL deal, the number one recruit in the country went to Jackson State. Like that's jarring and it's different and it's but it's reality and it's good. It's free market. It's America. Here we are. Innocent people did not die. <laughs> because a guy went to Jackson State instead of uh, whatever, uh, Oklahoma State or some other, right? I mean, like, who cares? Gene Chizik, okay? Uh, let's please talk about him. Can Every we? scholarship offensive lineman at UT, he's talking about Texas, will get 50000 a year with new NIL deal, not to mention $200,000 education. Americans struggle finding $50,000 jobs to feed their children. Next, it's 100000 per player with no end in sight. Flawed system. Most money words. Words of chisdom. Okay? Now, first off, they're, I, I, this doesn't make any sense. Okay? Has he okay. deleted so, it? I Did don't he? know. I don't know. I don't know. I doubt he was him. getting he was quite absolutely flame-broiled last night. Well, you know, know, Twitter, is, they're going to flame-broil. But look at if you're if you're concerned that there are many Americans who struggle to find $50,000 a year jobs to feed their children. And you're also concerned that some Americans are now finding $50,000 a year jobs. <laughs> right. I, I, you've completely lost me. <laughs> I, I, what is the problem? If, you're, if you are legitimately concerned that these people that can't feed their children, what if their children can feed them? I, this seems like a great thing. The more, well, we need more $50,000 a year jobs around here. So I'm absolutely opposed to the creation of $50,000 a year jobs. Why? <laughs> okay. Then, you know, you just get to the, the simple fact of 50K wouldn't gotten you into the Hilton Garden Inn with Cam Newton. Right. Which is Gene Chizik's claim to fame. Oh, yeah. That Gene Chizik one and only good season as a head coach was with Cam Newton as the quarterback I mean, after an alleged $180,000 offer from Mississippi State that he turned down to go to Auburn. Okay. Is Gene Chizik going to tell me that nobody ever made 50 grand playing college football? <laughs> Not at UMass, I don't know Sam. if Cam Newton took it. <laughs> But is this man who supposedly coached in the SEC 
and the Big 12, coach numerous schools, his assistant, is going to tell me he never heard one peep about anyone. Or do we believe Jimbo Fisher says this has been going on for a long time? We just made it legal. You got to stick to the good old days, Dan, and pass the collection plate around. Yeah. I told Pete today about the story in, in, in Junction Boys about the Bear Bryant A&M teams where one of the kids, I can't remember, I haven't read the book in years, but they flew a plane over his farm in Texas, dropped a little bag, <laughs> it landed, he opened up the bag, there was money wrapped in an A&M flag. This was like <laughs> 1955 or something. Okay, like, what is Gene Chizik talking about? <laughs> and then it's, look, dude, you made like 20 million, 11 million of it was to go away because you, you didn't yeah. have Cam Newton anymore. Right. And and as Pete said, the unbelievable, you know, the TV money, the, you know, I'll I'll always go back to the, you know, uh, Jim Delaney, the great champion of amateur athletics, taking a $20 million bonus for negotiating a TV deal. Yep. $20 million is the Big Ten commissioner as a bonus. And then sitting there and everyone's going to sit around and go, this damn kid's going to Jackson State. <laughs> we can't have this. Flawed yeah. system. <laughs> but <laughs> good for him he, to me also well, who are you to look down on jackson state i like gene Ch how smart is gene chiswick can i please just say too that words of chisdom sucks so get a better hashtag for yourself <laughs> dude <laughs> oh man i mean come on yeah no how do you gene, tweet this gene chiswick who got millions and millions of dollars while being fired never heard of anybody making 50 grand unbelievable the purity I still think of about Nick Fairley in that title game against Oregon. You know, you're like us, you cover yeah. enough of these games and like, you know, they, they all get distilled into like one memory other than Michael Dyer. Nick Fairley just ate Oregon alive that day. Oh, I mean, he lived in the backfield, camped there. He was an unbelievable player. He was the best player in the field that day. There was no question about that. He was better than Cam Newton. He was better than LaMichael James. He was unbelievable. Wouldn't be shocked if he got a $50,000 bonus for his play in that game. Kiffin looked uh, Kiffin looked despondent that people are are, have, are transferring. Mm -hmm. uh, Sonny Dykes at TCU went the other way. Looks like name, image, and likeness here to stay. Get on board with it. Stay competitive. You don't get it. You don't. You get left behind. I wonder if, like, you know, Clemson's recruiting wasn't great this year. I'm not going to bury that program by any means, but it's like, you know, maybe the effort. I, I, I have concern with anybody spending their time shaking their fist at clouds. You know, are you are you in on this? Because I would want my coach to just be like, all right, new rules. Let's go. You know, Clemson signed uh, 13 guys so far. The, the criticism the today should go to Florida State which should have one of the biggest, baddest machines of an athletic department of anywhere in the country. Instead, they propped up some political guy who had no business running an athletic department for three years, like a fake AD, right? And they have the Seminole Booster Club. Their whole thing is just completely sideways. And they got outflanked by Jackson State for the best player in the country, all right? Like that, they, like all those Seminole Boosters should take a long look in the mirror tomorrow and be like, man, we have spent 20 years burying our program into the ground. If we can get outflanked by Coach Prime and Jackson State for the number one player in the country, we haven't put together the infrastructure. We haven't had the insight. We haven't had the leadership to get our act together to compete for the best players in the country in whatever way they got them. I was like, that 
that should be that should cause some soul searching. And that's above too. Like a coach can't go out and do that. I mean, I guess Coach Prime can't, but at a place like Florida State, they should really be they shouldn't be looking at Mike Norvell and blaming him. They should be looking in the mirror and saying, We've been doing this all wrong for 20 years. We have terrible facilities. We have no infrastructure. And we just put a vacant guy in leadership for a while. And we're, we're still just treading water in irrelevancy. Put a vacant guy in leadership. Tried to go get Vince Tyree, who's a career businessman who had a mediocre athletic department director career at Louisville. And then he turned him down. And then you promote the dude from Seminole Boosters. And Seminole Boosters just got their ass kicked by Jackson State. So things are going <laughs> great. No like wonder I didn't see on Twitter. To nothing. Like, like (laughs) they should be, they they not only lost, but they got taunted and coach prime took the spear and the horse and rode it back to Jackson. (laughs) Seminole on Seminole crime, man. Bobby Bowden used to do a lot of signing day flips, man. (laughs) He did. Bobby Bowden was good at the end, boy. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) He he can finish. He can close. He's just just charming people. people. You know, I will say this, but you don't like, they did get outflanked. I mean, there's no question. It should have been wrapped up, but. It's not necessarily that kids are going to sign with the highest bid, if there is a bid. It's also like just you sit there and say, well, I don't know about going to Jackson State, this, that. And the other thing you go, well, I'd really like to go, but it's it's SC. And then you sit there and say, oh, I'm going to make enough money that I can follow my passion here, right? Like, hey, this is pretty good. There's And, and they can actually ex- – he's a, he's a, whatever they could have given in dollars at Florida State, he's a bigger star at Jackson State. Just right. is. And I know that doesn't make any sense, but like, there's a reason there's there's kids on TikTok you've never heard of making more money than than Academy Award winning actors, because it's just the way the world works now. He's a bigger deal because of where he went. Maybe he just really wanted to play for Deion Sanders and go to an HBCU. Right. And now because of the money, he doesn't have to sit there and miss out on anything. And it's like, hey, I'm going to do this. Like when you're 18, how much money you need? I don't know how much he got. We don't know. And whatever's promised, we'll see. But if there's pro, you know, we don't know. It levels that playing field. And I just never thought even for one player would level it this far. And it did quickly, like year one. So it's it's amazing. It's It should give a ton of the people whose ears should perk up and should be planning are all the schools that aren't the ones I'm about to list, which is your top 10. But it's your UCFs and it's your Cincinnati's. And it's your TCUs and Texas Tech and Boise State and Fresno State. They got to be sitting there saying, wait a minute, Jackson State pulled this off. Now, that's a unique situation. We don't have Deion Sanders. But how do we get it set up so that that player says, hey, I can be a bigger star staying home. I don't have to just go off. And you may not, again, you may not be able to be Deion Sanders and pull off. I'm going to beat the entire SEC for the number one player. But can you be big enough to beat some of the SEC for the 45th best player? And that's where this thing spreads it out. And that's what I think is coming. I still think most players will go to the biggest schools, but some, and 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 it just, it's a little bit. And that's why I never thought it would just be uh, the rich get richer. That said, number one, Alabama. This is per rivals. <laughs> number right. two, Georgia. <laughs> number three, A&M. Now, yeah. I think 24-7's got A&M first, whatever. Those are the three that a little separated. Texas closed huge. And that's not even counting Quinn Ewers, who they might be numbered. I don't know what they'd be if Quinn Ewers had just never gone to Ohio with a ski mask on and taken the Buckeye money. <laughs> but he did. Ohio State's fifth. Penn State. Let me just get through the top ten. Penn State's six. Notre Dame, seven. Michigan, eight. North Carolina, nine. Sully. Volunteers. 
Gritty Vols. Gritty Vols. Pesky Vols. They close. Good job. Of that list. Go ahead, Pete. What stands out in this group? I think, you know, there's a few schools, but of that top 10, uh, one other stat that Sully has, SEC signed 17 five stars. Everyone else signed 12. Actually thought it'd be higher. Yes. This is the happiest the happiest Sully's been since Tennessee led Georgia at halftime in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great the moments rock. in Sully Take crushed optimism. We 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 neglect that we did not get you Sully the uh the halftime champion of the SEC East cuz yeah, that, that banner would have yeah. would have hung nicely next to like your US men's soccer team uh <laughs> polo shirt in your uh in your office. I, here's what I think like I, I called around to a bunch of people today just what they thought of signing day and what's happened and, you know, some of the Texas surge, Texas A&M surge, clearly the people who could manipulate NIL the best ended up sort of being the, the chatter of the day today. And so I heard of just a, it was, it was interesting. It was just like a variety of different perspectives. And here's an interesting thought, all right? And I'm not saying the NCAA should go investigate name, image, and likeness, but like any rule, there has to be some sort of guidelines, right? Guardrails, as they call them, whatever it is. And there are rules. They're largely being ignored, as most NCAA rules are. But like, I, I'm just curious of both of your perspectives of how much should this stuff be legislated? Should they just let it rip or should they pretend? Well, I, yeah, my thought on that is the toothpaste is out of the tube and like all over the sink at this point. I, I don't know really how you're going to put it back in. The problem was, as we have discussed, when they had a chance to set up a framework for this, they failed. And they kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And finally, all of a sudden, last July 1st, they're like, okay, we have new name, image, and likeness. What does it mean? Well, we're not really sure. It's not paper play, but we don't really have a defined set of what's allowed or disallowed, who can be involved, when they can be involved. We kind of have an idea, but we don't really know. But go ahead, it's legal now. And so, boom, everything just goes crazy. And now you're going to have to try to rein it back? That's going to be hard to do. It's just classic NCAA legislation well, here. They had a pan, they had a plan, Pat. Yeah. The United States Congress is yeah. going to solve it. <laughs> right. L-O-freaking-L. I mean, <laughs> who the hell asked the Congress to regulate them? I don't know what you can do. Like you, you make the rule. The NCAA has no ability, funding, size, to 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 hire the number of forensic accountants necessary to try to do this stuff. I mean, they can't figure out, you know, basic stuff. It's it, it, They never were able to catch people before. They can't. There's just no way. There's no way. You ban athletic departments and coaches from setting up the deal. You ban them from saying, this is the deal right now. You can't go to this kid and say, hey, look, we're going to give you a million dollars. I got a friend who's going to give you a million dollars. All you can say is, hey, look, our last quarterback made a million dollars. Or $100,000. You ban the coaches from speaking that way to recruits because recruits will rat out coaches. And you you ban coaches and athletic departments for having d that kind of direct communication because you might be able to find emails and text. But other than that, they, they they just don't have the manpower to try to to solve the problem. And at the end of the day, who cares? I, I like, I, Kids, if you're looking on the macro, if you're the NCAA, you're looking at the macro, which I know nobody wants to do, but it's like, because everyone cares about their own piece of the pie, their own team. But some kid, a bunch of kids signed scholarships today are going to get scholarships. They're going to go play somewhere. We're going to have some games. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. And that's it. And if all of a sudden some of the winners aren't the ones that were winning before, oh, well, 
It's not your birthright to win 10 games a year, or win the national. If the teams that are losing before are still losing, oh, well, that's just how it works. Like, we don't have to, what, what are we trying to micromanage here? It's college football. It's not the NFL. It's not a hard salary cap and a, and a reverse draft position where, like, UMass would have gotten the best player, right? <laughs> that doesn't how it works. You don't get a, the best schedule. It's, it's always going to be a free-for-all. It's always been a free-for-all. Did you guys watch the Memphis-Alabama game Tuesday night, the basketball game? I did. Yes, yeah. you did. And Dan, you you were watching it, right? Like I that's did. a prime yeah. example of 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 where we're of where we're headed here, you know, or could be headed if resources, leadership, etc., are mobilized. You know, to, now again, Memphis hasn't been <laughs> that. Memphis could be their own podcast, their basketball team right now. And, Memphis and, got uh, good uh, when yeah. they put their NIL that was a, guys that was a on the bench. Cool moment the other night. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Right. When I mean, Monty Bates didn't play, they were yeah. <laughs> they got yes. really good when the the money guys didn't play. Yes, but. Just the notion of like, but why did I flip that game on last night? Well, I flipped it on to see those, Money you know, bits. I flipped it on to see a little bit of the train wreck. I'm not going to lie. But I also flipped it on to see the two potential lottery picks, you know, playing college basketball. Like in a, you know, in maybe a non they're not on Tobacco Road. They're not in Westwood. They're in a bit of a non-traditional place. Now, Memphis has great tradition. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the bluest of blue bloods. And those are the places where the the, the gritty can go find their advantages. And that's, that's what Jackson State did today on signing day. And we're going to keep seeing snapshots like that from now on. One of the biggest college basketball stars, biggest college sports stars of the last 20 years is Steph Curry. Steph Curry is one of the reasons he was such a big star was not because he played at Duke and Kentucky. It's because he didn't play at Duke and Kentucky, right? Everyone talks about the, the epic tournament run of Steph Curry. They only made the Elite Eight. They went. They won three games, and they almost right. won the fourth. But everyone remembers it because it was something different. Now Curry's got a lot of charisma and a great game, and so many other reasons. But part of it was Davidson, you know. So there's just there's just a lot of options out there. All right, but for the actual recruiting, because this shapes who's going to win the national championship. Thoughts on this top ten? What class stands out for you as notable here in that top ten? Uh, Sully. This just in, the Gritty Vols have been hopped for 10th in the Rivals' top 10 by Kentucky mm. in football. In football the Wildcats, best recruiting oh. class they've ever had in terms of the rankings. And the one that put them over the top, four-star with uh, Rivals, five-star with other people, Keontae Goodwin, six foot eight, three oh five. He's an interesting story. When he was younger, he was six eight, like 400 and some. Okay, so... Kudos to him. He went to a, went to work with a personal trainer and just shed tons of pounds, probably more than 100 pounds. Got himself in much better shape. Yeah. Uh, so happy to see that. But things, hey, it's recruiting. Things get strange, okay? He's from Louisville. He all of a sudden <laughs> ends up across the river in Charlestown, Indiana, which I covered high school football in southern Indiana. Charlestown, Indiana is not where prospects are from. Like, what are you doing there? That's not a price that's won anything ever. Uh, I would hazard to guess, unless demographics graphics have changed greatly, that he doesn't fit in demographically with a lot of the rest of the student body there. And then he goes to do this, uh, the, the, the talkie show. He flies to Dallas, presumably from Louisville's airport, since Charleston is just across the river. Shows up for this big stadium show there and says, um, I have no announcement. He took the plane flight, which I don't blame him. He took the free chips. I don't blame him. Uh, and then said, oh, I got nothing. Kept... Said, uh, said, you know, I'll announce tomorrow or not today. And then, But then by the end of the day, the pressure starts mounting. 
It's down to them in Michigan State. Michigan State making a late run. And Keontae Goodwin stays with his original commitment to Kentucky and boosts that class. That was another only in college football signing day story. That was a big get for them. The Taki chip. Yes. The, What's What are those chips? I've never heard of it. It's like a corn tortilla. Yeah, it's like a flaming Hot Cheeto with a little But lime. they have different flavors, yeah. Yeah, it's good. The Taki. So, yeah, the kid had an announce. He had a sponsored announcement and then announced that he wasn't making an announcement. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I actually brought more attention to Taki's chips. He did. Than, he, than if he had just said Kentucky. Right. Right. So it was actually a pretty sharp move because uh, all of a sudden the Taki's billboard was everywhere. Uh, but yeah, it was an excellent announcement. I have no announcement. I've talked about this in the pod before, but I flew to Pittsburgh to go to Terrell Pryor's announcement that wasn't an announcement at Jeanette High School. Like, I remember showing up, the gym was packed, and he announced he wasn't going to announce anything. And I was like, oh, well, just go home. <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice February day in Jeanette, PA, though. Jim Calhoun, the basketball coach at UConn, when he was at Northeastern, he told me he once scouted a player. I think he drove to like, I don't know, I think it was like somewhere in New York. And uh, he had driven all the way down there from Northeastern in Boston. And uh, he's, you know, this is back in like the 70s or something. Uh, You know, there's no video of these guys. You don't know. And the kid's in the layup line and he looks pretty good. And Jim's sitting there and the kid went up for a layup in the layup line or a dunk and came down and sprained his ankle. It was out for the game. <laughs> and Calhoun said he didn't he couldn't leave because he thought it would be rude and he <laughs> so he had to sit there and watch this basketball game. <laughs> and uh, finally get in his car and drive five hours back to North. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably old trying school. to dunk, impress the Northeastern coach. You know. Northeastern's I gotta, here. <laughs> I gotta do better than that CW post offer. I'm gonna <laughs> I couldn't leave. I've been rude. I don't know if the parents are looking. God damn it. Yeah, that's uh, probably the days back before you can't even just sit there and scroll through your phone either. No, you, you had to like watch this terrible yeah. game that nobody else was any good. He's like, maybe there'll be somebody else. There wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Pete, your thoughts on the top 10. So I guess of the most interesting schools in the top 10, I'm going to go with Michigan. They sort of barnstorm there. They had a, they had a bunch of big flips today. They flipped a receiver from Notre Dame out of Louisiana, and uh, Michigan's kind of cool again, right? Like that, they've always recruited well under Harbaugh, and they've, they've it's never been poor. But you could feel a different type of momentum off of this season, and you could feel the reverberations from that younger coaching staff, that more energetic coaching staff. That staff with with Mike Hart and Ron Bellamy that's tied to the state of Michigan, um, it all kind of came together for, for for Michigan today. And uh, you know they're eighth in rivals uh, as we tape right now, three point four six star ranking. The days of them getting like random two stars out of Connecticut are are likely over. And it just seems like there's more of a plan there. They they shook up their recruiting staff. It was it was overdue. It's nice to see Michigan kind of. Popping on that uh, on that level again. North Carolina is behind them. Uh, we all remember that Mac Brown was Mr. February at Texas before he won a title. I guess now, like next year, after sort of sputtering through these last two seasons, he'll have to prove he's not Mr. December. Yeah, Michigan got three top 125 rivals players uh, just today. Wow. Uh, they got a very good junior. They had another four. St- like since since they beat Ohio State, it's on. Yeah, and uh, very interesting. I would I would guess Michigan has a very good recruiting year. 
next year. Uh, Michigan's one of those schools. It's a great place to go and sign, right? It's a great place to go to school and play, but the program felt dead, and now it doesn't. I was just gonna say, in terms of long-term reverberations, the uh, that one win meant more. That, that Michigan beating Ohio State might have meant more than any other single result this year. It, it, yeah, that's oh yeah, that probably true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Har- I remember Harbaugh said, it "Feels like a new beginning," and he kind of back. You know, he's not introspective. He didn't kind of backed off. He's trying to make it sound like something else, but you could tell it was like, "Hey, you know what?" And all of a sudden, boom. I'm going to go with the Texas schools. I mean, no offense, Alabama and Georgia. They had incredible classes and loaded up on players, but this is not a stunning. A&M, 24-7's got them number one. Uh, Rivals has them number three. They signed uh, two five five stars and 19 four stars. They could have more coming. They landed big-time top 100 players from Pennsylvania, Florida, Tennessee, Arizona, and somewhere else. Maybe Georgia, Georgia. Jimbo Fisher has got them in that mix with uh, Georgia and Alabama, and that is very hard to do. And I think any, I, I, you know, I wrote a column about Texas A&M, and I've always, every time I go to Texas A&M, I'm always like, how is this place not just dominant? They have not won a national title since 1937. Like, not they couldn't even claim a title when everyone was claiming them. Uh, they've won, they haven't won a conference title since 98. Uh, they're they're never that good. But you go and you're like, man, look at the stadium. Look at this. Can't like the facilities. The location's pretty good. If you you know, it's a college town. But why aren't why isn't this happening? And it never happened. And now it all of a sudden looks like it might be happening. Um, so I thought that was huge. But then Texas comes in too and it has a monstrous day. Uh, first up, they got Ewers coming. Uh, but they signed uh, uh, two really good players. Uh, they signed like. Five guys, like they 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 signed like ten guys in the last uh, week, including you know a five star offensive lineman from Houston and a, another really good offensive. I mean, they're all line loaded up. Uh, great defensive back. They they killed it in state in the last a week. Sark. I mean, that was a terrible season, dispiriting season. The most exciting thing that happened was when an assistant coach's former stripper girlfriend <laughs> bit monkey bit a kid. This team has lost to Kansas, and you know what? Did you Sucks see the Christmas right decoration? Now. The the front oh, decoration. Yeah. The <laughs> North Pole assassin. That was so <laughs> great. Yeah. Oh, I love our is. listeners because we got that sent us like yes. 62 times. Yeah. All yeah. of them yes. made oh, me chuckle. Yeah. Oh. I, the, whoever came up with the North Pole assassin with not just the, you know, female elf and a monkey thing, but then a, I get somebody in a Texas coaching shirt sitting there with a like headset on. I mean, it was like <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> Remember that old bit, Real Man of, men of Genius? It was like, yeah. I don't know what that That was uh, a man of genius some, or woman or whoever. Yeah. Right. The person who invented the taco salad. So it sounded like they're eating a taco, but it's really, or salad, but it's really just lots of terrible food in the taco. Um, but anyway, incredible the horn. So uh, A&M and, and Texas, and, and presumably these two are going to play when these kids are on the field. I mean, how long is Texas going to stay in the Big 12? How many more seasons? But uh, they're loading up down there in Texas. I really feel like the Texas schools from uh, what Lane Kiffin was intimating, perhaps, and what I've heard just sort of buzzing around today are among those on the front lines of being aggressive about name, image and likeness. And uh, if if you're going to create something, if you're going to do it on the last possible day after studying it for five years and you're going to do it with essentially no specific rules and guidelines. Like, 
kudos to the people who are just going to go take advantage of it. You know what I mean? Like just that they're, they're just going to go out and uh, they're going to use name, image, and likeness as a weapon until they can't anymore. And if there's one thing we've learned about the NCA and its vacant enforcement department, it's count on them to do nothing. Like that's what the one thing you count on them is to is to fail and to be impotent because they've been like that for decades and they'll continue to be. So there was some smoke from Mark Emmert that they're investigating name, image, and likeness stuff. Like everyone in Texas, they're erring on the side of aggression and history will tell you that's going to be a smart move. Sure. I mean, right now it's like, oh, well, we didn't, that's not the way we interpreted the rules. So we just gave everybody, you know, a quarter million dollars. So, oh, sorry. We'll, (laughs) We'll work on doing it differently next time. Yeah. What is the enforcement staff going to do? Well, as I said earlier, the, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube and all over the sink, man. It's not going back in. Other really good notable classes, perhaps. Arkansas is 12th. Mm. Fighting Sam Pittman's did really well in recruiting. Yeah. Mississippi State's 13. Uh, that's pretty good. Friend Venerable's kind of saved the Oklahoma class, ended up 14. Auburn had a bunch of flips at the end. They're 15. It's like they're, they're 18th in the AP poll. Always, but yeah, that's kind of where Auburn. <laughs> you know is. what? I, I did think of you, Dan. I was looking at the men's basketball poll the other day, and Auburn was 18th. There you go. <laughs> oh, bad. So. Stanford. David Shaw has had us a bad run on the field. The 16th best class per rivals the ruins of Florida. Poor Florida State. He's still recruiting to Stanford, right? Like you're gonna yeah. do okay. Those kids. Uh, I mean, there, there is a there is a subset of guys that you can get. That's for sure. That are good players. Yeah, they're going. But also one of or good students. Yeah. Yeah, they're going. Let's get Stanford good again. That was fun when they were good with like three extra offensive linemen and Toby Gerhardt gashing in the middle and Christian McCaffrey. I miss intellectual I miss brutality. Yeah. Oh, they were so they were they were so physical. Um, yeah. They were fun and, to cover you, too. Like they were great. Like you know, great interviews. Andrew Luck was oh. an all-timer. But, like, it, even even dolts like me could go to Stanford and write a good story because the kids are so, like, they're so much smarter than me, quite frankly, that, you know, just I wrote one easy, about their easy copy. Behind their stadium where their the locker rooms are, the opposing locker rooms, you come out of the opposing locker room and you have to climb, like, these two long flights of, like, outdoor stairs to the team bus. It was, like, the final insult to injury. <laughs> you got yeah. bludgeoned by by uh, Stanford for three hours, and then you came out hobbling. And I did this column once on all the Oregon players, like just you did. I remember dragging the their legs up this like a <laughs> hundred steps. Like my yeah. God, that's come on, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Florida State seventeen, Missouri eighteen, Michigan State at nineteenth kind of where they usually finish not too bad uh 22 kids they signed they see how hard they work the portal uh they did a tremendous thing by offering an honorary scholarship to tate meyer the uh, football player from oxford high school who was uh uh murdered at his high school um i guess earlier this month uh we told i told that story how he wanted to be a spartan did not go on his unofficial visit because he had already promised uh toledo that he would go on an unofficial visit to them and uh that uh, just unbelievable character statement to me especially when you're 16 years old to 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 uh, have that kind of uh that just that kind of person uh but it was nice uh for uh mel tucker to do that he said he had talked to the family didn't want to do it without their permission and you know and then he also took time in a in a statement to mention the the other people who passed away 
So that one of the you know, uh, one of the well, one of the people they signed to was from the transfer portal, uh, Jalen Berger, the Wisconsin transfer had a very good freshman year and then fell off the map last year. And if I could say one thing, like I tweeted, you know, the tweet of Jalen Berger going there and said Mel Tucker's back in the transfer portal. The number of, I would assume, Wisconsin fans who came out of the woodwork to rip this kid as a terrible kid. Like, who are you? What are you doing? Like, is that really your purpose on earth? The kid left your school. He transferred. And you want to now assassinate him for showing up at Michigan State? Don't do that. The people tweeting at and and Instagram posting these high school kids. (laughs) Get it together, people. So anyway, there's that's some bit. Uh, not a ton of other huge ones. LSU twenty seventh. Brian Kelly had thirteen commits at this point. You know, it's a tough situation. It, they kind of fell apart. We'll see how much that hurts them. Even one recruiting class got hurt in the SEC West, but um, he'll he'll be fine long term. Like I said, Clemson's at twenty nine. Ole Miss at thirty one. It's the Clemson Ole Miss. I, I just watching the 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 attitude of William Christopher and and the Lane Train. Just made me be like, I don't like, I don't know, man. Like, does that yeah. does that translate into your work? This is your job. Sorry, sorry, you feel bad for you. Why am I feeling bad? Like, get get your ass and figure it out. Well, I can't like Lane Kiffin of all people, who's always prided himself on being the cutting edge. You know, wiggle your way around and find a way. I'm too clever for everyone. Uh, like for him now to be on the other side, like this is ridiculous. Uh, that's that's just, that's a, a comeuppance or a change. How about was how it, about Vanderbilt at thirty three? Huh, Clark Lee first well, year. That. That's awesome. Sully didn't didn't you also you had produced a graphic showing that like one through seven in the Big Ten East is or was in the Big Ten was all the East. Yeah, and seven point. eight through fourteen was all the West. I don't know. I don't know if it's stuffed that way. I haven't looked at the, the the final Big Ten rankings, but yeah, it was at one point it was it was absolutely chalk if you if you split the two divisions. That Pretty is wild. wild. Yeah, Vanderbilt would be above every single uh, uh, Big Ten West team, by the way. Pretty wild. Wow. 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 Hey, good for Clark. Yeah. Um, have you, did you guys go on any of these Twitter spaces the last uh, couple of days that have been no. roaring and ripping? Sully? The, 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 the FSU one scared me. I went in there for about a minute, <laughs> and I just – It was amazing. Former what player. was it? It was like the Fire Mike Norvell one? Yeah, players were jumping in on that thing. FSU tied in, came in and like had to support Norvell. And then you have a legacy player, Al Blade Jr. from Miami jumping on there and said, yes, keep him as long as you want. Like, (laughs) wow. It felt felt like there was an FBI, like, was was also monitoring. And I just didn't want to be involved. Like, it was getting, it was, it was the desperate (laughs) and the despondent on there. I was like, okay, (laughs) I don't need to be on this. So it's like a to... it's like a message board come to life, like it's like an <laughs> oh, audio yeah. message. Yeah, board. it's like why do I need this? Just, yeah, just I... what we need. Yeah, <laughs> not not the world did not need this. This is not an adventure. <laughs> uh, Florida only had ten recruits. Obviously, they got coaching change. Got a big flip on a Notre Dame safety. Um, I think they'll they'll be all right. Uh, some other weird ones. I do not understand the recruiting tactics here. Uh, UCLA just twelve kids. It's like, are we trying to field? Like, how many guys do they even have on this program? They were going to have a small class. I do know that. Were they? Well, they did. That was. Uh, Nebraska. The thing about UCLA is you can't, like, run kids off. Like, it's a little bit like, like, you know, BC runs into that, Stanford runs into that. Like, if you go to school there, you're not like, oh, I'm going to go to Bowling Green and, like, you know, chase chase Mac glory. It's like, no, I'm going to get my 
half million dollar degree and go work. That is the problem with like Stanford and UCLA and places like that. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to play that much. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm cool. Good. I got uh, LSATs coming up. Nebraska could use some players. uh, You'd think. (laughs) You think? 13 recruits. Yeah, they were last in the Big Ten on the graphic that Sully had. I don't know. I'm sure there's a strategy. They better better win the portal or next year's just going to be, well, I I think I'm predicting next year's going to be bad, but they could be really bad if they don't win the portal. Yeah, I I I don't know. Like I guess some of these I, some these mid schools aren't assigning a lot of kids, and just they're going to go portal. But uh, which isn't a bad. Like, if I'm Nebraska, I'm raiding the MAC. Like that's that would be what I would be doing. But I also would think, gosh, you got to be able to get more than thirteen kids, right? I mean, I, it's all hands on deck, right? Because now, isn't there a cap on transfer guys at seven? No, they have I to. I don't regulate. think there's Remember, a cap on transfer guys. I think that rule is like. A, a little bit more nuanced. You can you can take twenty if you want. I feel like you can if you lose seven to transfer, you can replace seven. Okay, ah, that's right. what that, that's what I feel like. They they gave it they gave it more flexibility on the hard cap. Um, generally, that's I I've drilled down on that hard cap stuff for stories before, and uh, it's it's more complicated than our uh, pedestrian mathematical uh, educations would uh, would allow us, but. Um, just cause then you can start throwing in gray shirts and blue shirts and, and everything. Right, and it gets, right, right. uh, yeah. so the more the, the players hate you, the more players you can bring in. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the big complaint is from like Stanford and Wake Forest and place. They, they say it reward, it, it doesn't incentivize you to like build a program like the old fashioned way, bring guys in, redshirt them, grow them, develop them. Right, it's right. just more like. Yahtzee, and then you say shake up the dice again. Yahtzee. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. I like that. It is Thanks. total free for all. There's no question. Uh, speaking <laughs> of that, let's look at some some guys. Uh, obviously, Quinn Ewers is going to Texas. This kid is. We've talked about him. If he's as good as as he is, as they say he is. Um, I mean, he had those two great handoffs at Ohio State. Excellent footwork. <laughs> Million dollar handoff, Stan. Million, Million dollar, dollar handoff. You laugh. You laugh. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I mean, this a he's should be the number one recruit, but you know, and he could he could we mentioned it could factor into what Arch Manning's going to decide for next year. South Carolina grabs Spencer Rattler and his two cars coming to Columbia. They also had a, a decent recruiting class. Twenty first, Shane Beamer, the unexpected uh, darling of the SEC right now. He's kind of like the yeah. uh, the less folksy version of uh, Sam Pittman. Just out of nowhere has a big year. Um, but that's pretty good for, for South South Carolina. I mean, we just said, I mean, they're they out recruited Clemson this year. Yeah. We'll see that I wonder day. when was the last time that happened. Yeah, if it's time to take advantage of that state now. Clemson had more talented players. So, you know, just the fact you sign yeah. more guys, you move up on the list. I mean, that was the one thing. Clemson didn't just gamble on an LSU, they didn't just grab people they didn't need. They'll they'll wait. They'll get their guys. So but good, good run for for South Carolina. What do you think Spencer Rattler can do there? I don't know, man. Uh, hopefully, for his sake, you know he's he learned from a very humbling season, two seasons really, and uh, is going to drill down on what he needs to do to get better. Um, because a lot of people loved him as a as a prospect coming out of high school, but he was not that lovable after two years. Uh, so you know, I mean, I hope he does well there but he's got a long way to go he may just 
you know, look, how many guys have we seen that just weren't that good, that we thought they were that good, they get billed as that good, they're not that good. You remember Hunter Johnson, who was at uh, Clemson and transferred then to Northwestern. He couldn't win the job there, and I think he ended up at a third school, and it's just, you know, some guys just never quite pan out the way they're supposed to. I think uh, Spencer Rattler is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is that it gives Shane Beamer's program a distinct identity. When you flipped on South Carolina this season, you knew Shane Beamer's team would play hard, and they had a couple, you know, decent players on both sides of the ball, but there really wasn't a distinct identity. There was no reason that compelled you to flip that on if you weren't a Gamecock fan. Now, if they open their season on Thursday night in the SEC Network, we're all going to want to watch to see what happens with Spencer Rattler. Like, there's a variance here. It could go well. It could go poorly. But there is, like, it is put an adrenaline shot of relevance into this program that it hasn't had uh, in in a long while. I mean, they're they're just with him there. They're far more relevant than they were under Will Muschamp pretty much at any point. They had, like, one nice eight-win season or or, or whatever it was. The, The second part of this that's really important is that Shane Beamer had the most unusual of turnaround jobs there. They were actually pretty good on the O-line and the D-line, but they were really poor at the skill positions, especially defensive backs and wide receivers and what he inherited. So if you're trying to build going forward and you have a deficit in the in the skill positions at receiver, you can get some dudes who can play with Spencer Rattler now. Like, he can spin it. So I think that helps address multiple weaknesses. They didn't have a quarterback. They basically took like a manager or a trainer or, you know, Zeb Nolan. The, uh, they, they, were, they were scraping through the GA room to find guys who could take snaps for them this year. So it addresses one distinct weakness, but it also gives you a bridge and a path to addressing other weaknesses. Yeah, they, he's, he's certainly got a chance to be an upper half quarterback in the, in the SEC, which if you're, at, if you're South Carolina is what you're – you're kind of looking for, uh, to say the least. Uh, just wrapping up a couple more guys. Michael Penix is heading to Washington. We'll see what he can do. Bo Nix is out on the transfer portal. Emory Jones from Florida is out on the transfer portal. So that's part of why the SEC is wild. We'll see where these guys end up. Do they leave the conference? Uh, I don't know. Max um, Johnson also from LSU. That's right. Yeah, his, his brother to sign with A&M. So does he go and join up at A&M? Zach Calzada from A&M's on the portal. Zach Calzada's out. Enter the portal. Everyone's in the portal. That's it. So it's going to be a free-for-all. It's going to continue. Again, I highly encourage college football to not try to stage a playoff, fire all their coaches, have their (laughs) signing day, and have free agency at the exact same time. (laughs) Hey, that's just me. All I, it's fine for me. I just sit here and talk about it, but I would be pulling my hair out as well. I'd look as dazed and confused as Lane Train. <laughs> yeah. We're in the chaos business at the end of the day on this podcast. And I think people yeah. come to us for the chaos and the satire. It's actually of the chaos. too much chaos. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. I know. We're like, we're, we're like, like we're leaving a lot of chaos on the cutting room floor here today, which yes. kind of annoys me, but that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get to it next time. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Part two of the bowl preview will be out early next week. The games will begin this weekend. We already made our picks. Go back to that. It's quite quite an experience. Friday at noon, baby. Friday at noon. Yeah. Oh, the Bahamas Bowl looks awesome. There's been videos of both teams like playing beach volleyball. Sweet. Pete's point, like I would, I would tank for that bowl game. Hell man. yeah! How are we not covering yeah. this? I'll cover that. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah Sully, why is that? Why aren't we live potting from there? Live potting. Sully, Sully, what are you doing? I uh, know. I'll let us Let's down. Sully. Sully, look, 
South Sully's Florida, Caribbean, Hawaii. Get us a live pod in one of those bowl We're certainly locations. Certainly not going to Indianapolis for the title game, so we should have gone <laughs> to the Bahamas. Yeah. So you whiffed on getting us to the Bacardi Bowl in Cuba in the 30s, all right? And you still haven't made up for it. Yep. Oh, we got to love it. Sully is going to give a Dabo-type speech, you know? Like, <laughs> nobody cares about the joy of podcasting anymore. <laughs> so, there's no reason for pause, no barrier for young people. We're being manipulated by scenes of the Bahamas. Podcasting is the last thing right now. No consequences. Broken system. A podcast truce. Dan's going to learn how to pronounce Dabo's name. And Dabo's going to stop yelling at clouds. All right. Is that a good truce? <laughs> be a great uh, truce. No, I, I'm enjoying need, it the way it is, honestly. We might need Henry Kissinger to pull that it. truce. It's not a real yeah. word. It's not a real word. <laughs> Dab boy. That's it. It's not his name. Uh, that's why you go with William Christopher quite often. Yes. All right. This pod's got to end before we commit an NCAA violation. Even there are no rules. Broken system. Dean Chizik screaming it clouds continue to subscribe share us on social media leave us nice reviews not bad ones and uh that's it talk to you later <laughs>